Outcast UK on TikTok and Instagram. Just search Play Outcast UK. Hello, welcome along. It's Graham. So we've made it. It's Christmas week-ish 2021 at the end of a bleak year. There's no more challenging time of year for many people. And for LGBTQ people, it can be even harder. We're 1.5 times more likely to develop depression. Gay men are four times as likely to commit suicide than the rest of the population. And 46% of trans people have thought about ending their life. Today, we're joined from New York by the mental health author and psychotherapist, Chris Warren Dickens. Outcast UK with Graham Smith. So Christmas is a, um, in terms of mental health, Christmas is a really critical time, isn't it? Well, I mean, why, why do you think that is? Yeah, I mean, people will co- come together um, with people who they don't necessarily choose to be around. Um, we don't always have, we don't, we can't choose our families. So um, we're forced around the table sometimes with people we may not see eye to eye. Um, there's long evenings of darkness, there's shorter days, and um, we kind of sometimes can already have issues with that seasonal affective disorder can be a problem um, in the winter months. So add on that, the depression and coming together with family members who we may not see eye to eye, it can be a bit of a difficult melting pot of issues coming together. As LGBTQ people, we're more likely to, statistically more likely to uh, maybe have some issues with our family, aren't we as well? Or maybe choose um, not to see family. I mean, and it's complex, isn't it? Because we love our family, but at the same time, I think for um, I think most people, our families are also the thing that started us feeling a little bit um, affected our mental health in the first place. Do you know what I mean? Mm, Largely sure. through homophobia, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we 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 have to rely on our caregivers, um, and when we're young, um, sometimes we have to adapt ourselves so we may hide parts of ourselves including our sexuality or gender identity and when we grow up and leave the home we can be ourselves but then we have to come back at christmas time and then face these people who might not otherwise have been accepting um so that's hard we we also live in a, in a society of privileges i mean um straight privilege cisgender privilege so we're constantly living in a society that's set up for other people, the, yeah. the kind of straight cisgender person. So that's a lot to manage on a daily basis. Um, we have microaggressions that we experience. And even though on, on their own, they're small, if they build up, the cumulative effect of microaggressions can have a significant impact on mental health. Um, what can happen then? So um, going through your everyday life by microaggressions, you mean just those little yeah. things, those little homophobic acts that might be subconsciously homophobic on other people's part and that they just build up. And in the end, we, what, what happens in the end there? We get stressed out. We kind of feel like the, the kind of world's against us. And um, studies have shown that sometimes we can show symptoms that are similar to PTSD. Things like hypervigilance, we're on edge, we're we're constantly waiting for that next negative reaction or making assumptions that there's going to be danger in a social situation when there may or may not be. Um, So um, there's a study um, by two researchers, Alessi and Martin, um, here in America, and um, they showed that 
us members of the LGBT community are carrying around those symptoms often. Um, I mean, we're talking about microaggressions, but also we have to deal with discrimination, overt discrimination. Um, We kind of don't necessarily get the same treatment in terms of social situations or employment rights. Over here in America, there's not as much protection um, in terms of employment rights. Um, So that's a lot to carry around. Yeah, thinking about it from my own perspective, I was seeing a, a counsellor recently and something I had to talk about was when I was younger, I was quite timid. And if people were homophobic towards me or something, I wouldn't bite back. But as I've got older and found my voice, I've actually right. started to veer more into <laughs> probably trying to find difficulties and situations myself, almost almost being not aggressive, mm. but certainly um, to share something from my own family perspective. At Christmas, I struggle not to argue with, say, if my mum, she's a wonderful person right. and she means well. Uh, not being particularly keen on woke culture. And I, I find myself being on the, the front foot almost with her and finding things in what she's saying, even if she doesn't necessarily um, mean that. Mm. And what's been said to me, and I've heard this from other uh, friends in the LGBT community, is she says, when sometimes with you, I feel like I'm treading on eggshells. And I'm like, right. is it treading on eggshells or am I just looking out for myself yeah okay so i always feel like assertive communication is the biggest solution to issues like this right there's no right or wrong when it comes to our emotions so what you're experiencing is as valid as what she's feeling so we're just talking about the feelings at the moment we're not talking about the cognitive level the thoughts or the logical arguments about what's right or wrong Mm -hmm. we're just talking about the feelings that you come into this family and you feel on edge, you feel ready for conflict, and then she feels another way. And I think to kind of um, extinguish the conflict, that if you can acknowledge your feelings and be able to communicate them clearly and calmly, but also hold hers at the the same time, that can help a lot. So maybe trying to step into her shoes, see her background, see sort of what era she grew up in i mean 50s we're kind of, and 60s Liverpool. Yeah, yeah exactly so we're similar age so we have similar age parents and we kind of yeah. know where they came from yeah um i won't get into maggie thatcher and everything now. well you consider the, the the um in uh the the parent in um psychology is this psychology uh, i read that this takes on not just what your parents and teachers are teaching you but also societal stuff that's going on government the rules mm. i don't know yeah. if i'm right with this and in the 1980s for me and f- for you as well Robert sure. Thatcher was prime minister with one of the most homophobic governments there's been in this country and Absolutely. i think is there an answer is there an argument that, that has an effect on us all collectively who come from certain backgrounds because that was just the way things were when we were yeah. children yeah and I, and i think going back to the example with your mum maybe that mm that can help if you step into her shoes and understand the kind of education she would have got, the kind of messages that were reinforced that it's not necessarily that she means um, bad, that it's just this is where she's coming from. Um, so having that kind of assertive approach where emotions are valid, where how we feel, what we feel is valid, we can hold ours and, and we can also express that saying what you're saying is making me feel on edge 
you, mum, you're making me feel unsafe in this house or I'm feeling sad by what your son's saying. You can hold that, but also say, but I also hear where you're coming from. I can feel that you're also a little bit on edge. And, and sometimes just communicating that you, you can see or feel what she's feeling, even if you don't understand or agree with what she thinks, if you can communicate what she feels, that can take the, um, the conflict out of the interaction. Um, suddenly you've got an understanding that you both feel heard in terms of emotions. So emotions are always valid. It's the kind of logical arguments that we need to try and get through, um, which cause difficulties. Feeling emotionally heard, that's really interesting. Um, I find personally that if I feel emotionally heard, and I know a lot of my friends like this, the moment you feel emotionally heard, you can almost forgive the, the things that have happened around it because right. you feel heard. Right. And it's just finding, for a lot of us, it's just finding ways to communicate our needs, isn't it, I guess, and sort yeah, of police sure. our boundaries. Because these these family situations at Christmas, some people are going to family situations or with in-laws and there's lots of, lots of things they're not used to. And they find themselves in a very intense, busy house with kids, dogs, all that sort of stuff. And maybe they're used to being on their own. Mm. How would you say someone in that situation, would you, would you have any advice for anyone in that situation, how they would, if they're in another family, for example, at Christmas or this mm -hmm. time of the year, how they would just sort of keep their heads together so that they mm. didn't end up just feeling really stressed? Because it doesn't sure. have to be that people are being insulting or thoughtless, does it? Sometimes it's just being around other people with all of the sure. different... Yeah. Politics, well, I guess. What I advise my clients is try to, on a daily basis, not all of a sudden when you're getting to Christmas and you're in the thick of it, but on a daily basis, lower the baseline. So lower the stress levels by doing just a few minutes exercise of mindfulness, meditation, even, even just a three-minute breathing space. And that can be done on a um, just a, a few minute basis when you get up, just doing a little bit of mindfulness or grounding yourself in the present moment by just noticing your breathing. How would you do and that? It, so, I mean, there's a lot of a lot of exercises out there. If you just go onto YouTube or on my website, I've got some free exercises. What is but, your website, by the way, for anyone who is interested in visiting? Sure. Yeah, it's exploretransform.com. And there's a resources page on there. Um, but um, you can find loads of free exercises online. There's things like um, the three-minute breathing space or the body scan or the loving-kindness meditation where you're just carving out a little bit of time and you're just allowing yourself just to notice things as you're noticing your breathing. You're noticing the thoughts that are coming up. You're noticing bodily sensations, but you're not having to act on them. So you're not having to follow that thought to a logical conclusion, or you're not trying to make yourself comfortable or force yourself to be all Zen. You're just noticing. And that mindful noticing can give you a bit of space so that when you go to your family and you're activated, you're irritated, frustrated by all the chaos, you, you have a little bit of space between what's going on and your own internal state. But you have to do that kind of regularly on a daily basis, building up to Christmas. You can't suddenly just go and do it and expect it to work. Could you do it, say, like, um, where we, 
there'd be about a week to go till Christmas when we put this online. The week before Christmas, is that a good time to start just trying to do them exercises and get in touch with your own self, I guess? Sure. Yeah. Just start now and, um, and, and try to do it even just, just a few minutes each day. Um, studies say that, um, that they've actually taken hair samples of people who have engaged in mindfulness or meditation exercises. Um, and at the end of the course of mindfulness, um, they saw from the hair samples that cortisol levels had decreased. And cortisol is that stress hormone. It's really harmful in the body. I heard um, it could give you a pot belly. I remember being told yeah, that years ago. Does, and yeah. it made me think I want to bring my stress levels right down. <laughs> right all the way down. Do yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's yeah, really interesting. I mean, and yeah, it has impact on um, blood pressure and, and, and heart disease and things like that. So. So it's really important for physical, if not emotional, well-being. My partner does this every morning. Uh, midway through this year, he went on some sort of retreat and I was like, oh, it's all bollocks. And, <laughs> and it turns out it's not. And um, now when he wakes up in the morning, he goes, even when he's up really early, he'll just go into the spare room. And I don't know what he was doing. He just shut the door and he was just sort of sitting there. Um, and uh, I, I, I noticed the difference in him after doing right. this. I just need to kind of take my own advice on this and start to do it myself, I guess. I keep on getting told that. Hey, we all need to. We all need to take that advice. I'm sometimes screaming at my husband and my kids, especially. In fact, I've got a funny story. I was recording one of the uh, mindfulness exercises that's on my website for free. You can have uh, use any of them. I was recording it and I could hear the footsteps of my child walking up the stairs. So I was quickly trying to finish recording it before she burst in. <laughs> so it wasn't a very mindful um, <laughs> or relaxed experience for me either. And then when, as soon as I press record, I was screaming, what do you want? I'm trying to be mindful. <laughs> it's, uh, it sounds like, have you seen that BBC News clip with the guy in uh, Korea yes. and his entire yes, family coming? It sounds, it. it sounds like that. It's my life at the moment, especially since <laughs> COVID, where we're all together in one house. It's horrendous. How yeah. is, so you've got uh, an insight there that I really don't have, uh, I really don't have as an LGBT parent. Um, mm. How is that around Christmas? Um, that sounds like a very gen generic question I've just asked there, but I guess yeah. that you have to take into account a lot more than, than I would as just somebody who doesn't have a, it was just me and Steve basically. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's an education. I mean, mm. there's also, it, it's an education because I'm very, mindful using that word too much in this um but i'm keeping a close eye on my kids in terms of them getting any bullying or or exclusion yeah. or stress whether it's christmas or throughout the year as a result of our kind of lifestyle and you know i can't control what other parents um do if they exclude my kids from play dates or whatever because they don't like me and like um, so I, it, that's an education of me. Does trying that happen? Sorry. Does that happen? Do you get, do you find your kids excluded or, or, or not? Trouble is you don't know for sure. Do you? Yeah, they wouldn't say, would they? No. Yeah, so, sure. but that's, that's where I was going. I've got to sort of develop a mindful approach to this. I've got to have a little bit of distance from this because I could go in and punch someone who I thought was doing <laughs> that. Yeah. If I really reacted to how, you know, how I feel, but I need that gap. I need not just the cortisol levels to go down. I need a bit of mindful control over my behavior, especially when it involves my kids. So I really try to lean on these exercises as much as possible. Um, 
I do want to kind of slip in another part to this. It's not all okay. about mindfulness and deep yeah. breathing or anything. There's also thought patterns and assumptions. So that's the other piece that um, we can all slip into what we call twisted thinking, where we go into these thought patterns that we make assumptions or we slip into black and white thinking where these are the bad people and these are the good people yeah. or all or nothing thinking or personalization where we think something's happened because of us. It's all down to us or our circumstances. So that's the other piece that, yes, bring down the baseline, the stress level, the cortisol levels, but also challenge your assumptions and your thought patterns. That is this the black and white situation? Is that the bad, evil persecutor and this the innocent victim? Or is it more complicated? Are there shades of grey with that? Although, I mean, um, in them situations, persecutor and victim... And even saviour, as as we know, the roles change, don't they? Yeah. There's pivotal points yeah. where then that person takes over. And I suppose in in with that in mind, all of these situations are grey. But I mean, for, from my own perspective, I would walk in in the wrong situation, in the wrong frame of mind, and someone could look at me funny. That I, I wouldn't <laughs> even know what had gone on. And I'd be like, well, they don't like me. Yeah. And I think a lot absolutely. of us suffer from that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, me having to walk to a playground every day to pick up my kids, that's like being back at school, seeing the yeah. same old cliques and, you know, the sporty kids over there or sporty parents over there and <laughs> popular ones over there. It's just- I would feel quite triggered by that myself, actually, having to go back into sort of educational environment because, I, you know, I, like a lot of us, was a bit bullied at school. So I kind of yeah. don't really want to be reminded of the noise of the playground, you know, that noise of the playground, the shrieking. Yeah. I almost find myself going, oh. Yeah. So, I, w- sorry, one thing on. with that. Um, is that I heard recently, it's not even my own thing. Um, I've suddenly realized that sort of stepping into that playground, do I necessarily want to fit in with all these people? You know, there's a few who I don't necessarily care about spending a lot of time with. So that's okay. I think that's, that's my own internal struggle at the moment that I want to be liked and accepted by everybody. So, you know, being mindful of that assumption that, okay, don't necessarily have to be accepted by everyone and that may be a good thing yeah I, I'd agree because often in, in, in my own situation I, I would feel unaccepted by some people but I wouldn't really particularly want to be friends with them anyway yeah. so why am I why am I giving process and power to to that do you know why I given the yeah. space in my head to that one it's not something I particularly need but we have, we all want to be liked by as many people as possible most of us do don't we sure absolutely so if someone isn't planning to go back and see family or hang out with family this Christmas. Yeah. Um, maybe they've had the invite. Yeah. And they're like, how do I, you know, I, I'm going to say no to that. How would you say if you're planning to spend Christmas, not with the family, uh, it's you and whatever you want to do, how would you suggest someone structured their time in that situation so that they don't feel <clears throat> um, alienated, alone mm. or don't resort to imagine Christmas day and you not hung out with your family or whatever, but you could go and take drugs or drink or mm. whatever that would, I guess, take the pain away and you'd be having fun in your own way. But how, what would you suggest to someone to sure. have the, 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 the more healthy <laughs> for them version of Christmas if they're not spending sure. it with family? I like the way you said also structure the day. I mean, that can sometimes help if you think, okay, well, I'm, I need to tick certain boxes. So when in that day am I going to tick those boxes? 
So I need a little bit of human interaction and that doesn't have to be family, but it could be close friends or it could be volunteering somewhere that you have some kind of human connection. Um, it could even be a FaceTime call. Um, it's important to have that face-to-face -face interaction. Studies show that that increases the dopamine levels if we have that interaction. It also activates what we call the parasympathetic nervous system. Um, that's the kind of natural uh, social engagement or relaxation state that we go into, which is the opposite of fight or flight sympathetic nervous system. So human contact is really important for activating that parasympathetic relaxation state. Um, studies show that kind of from our childhood being rocked by our parents or having eye contact can activate yeah. that parasympathetic nervous system. So get that fix of dopamine through your FaceTime call with somebody or meeting up. Um, in a park or going for a walk or something. Um, or try to see people essentially. Yeah, is what you're saying yeah, there. yeah. Human connection, human connection. Um, it can also sort of create new neural pathways that we may think people are unsafe. Go around with that kind of belief, mm -hmm. and then we interact with someone, and actually, they're, they're kind and they're supportive to us. And that's creating that new neural path pathway that oh. We've experienced human connection and it's been safe, unlike before. Um, so we can heal from what previous trauma we might have experienced yeah. and um, might have created that belief. Um, the other thing is kind of ticking the box of stimulating all our senses, trying to use all five senses. So engaging in hobbies or activities that can stimulate our tactile sense, um, visually um, looking at things that are kind of stimulating visually or um, create nice smells, that can help as well. So just create a pleasant environment. It sounds to me like creating a pleasant environment at home and having some contact with people. Yeah. And just things that you know you're going to enjoy within yeah. reason, so they're not drugs or just getting really drunk. Sure. It, it, yeah. It's probably be thinking about that, isn't it? That how do yeah. I make myself feel comfortable and happy on that day? Mm. So, um, imagine you you you're going to say no to the invite as 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 we have to, mm. because you do just you don't want to be there. Maybe being with your family or a group of people is just too triggering. Mm. But saying no to an invite can often cause offence with people. And often you don't, you're not looking to have a, an argument. You're not looking to offend. Mm -hmm. You just need to do what is right for you. How would be a decent way to go about this mm. um, without just going, no, fuck off. Block. <laughs> do, do you know what I mean? Yeah. You can, you can do that in your own journaling. If you're going to write, <laughs> I often try and get my clients to journal out their feelings So do as much as coughing. It, it does sometimes. Yeah. It can like, Dump. It's like a brain dump. It gives you you distance from all the things that are spinning around your head. But putting aside journaling and saying "fuck off" in your journal, interacting with other people is uh, you've got to use assertiveness. Um, just kind of thinking of. I like the the image imagery of a well rooted tree. So you can have feet are firmly on the ground, and even though someone might be pushing you to say yes. 
your no is still firm. It's like a swaying tree in the wind. You're still repeating calmly um, and short sentences, a little explanation about why you're not going to go. And, and also on top of that, it, accepting that you hear their emotions and not trying to say they shouldn't feel angry or disappointed that you're not going because they're entitled to feel that. Um, so how would you and, how would you do that? Like you, you say, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, uh, I I empathise what you're saying. I, I I don't like to say I understand because often I don't. Yeah, I, I can say I empathise, and then I guess people feel at least like you've again you've heard them. Yeah, yeah, you've heard them. You've heard the emotions, which are neither right nor wrong. They just are. And I like when you said, I don't like to say I understand because that's going into the cognitive level of where you're. Go slipping into whether or not you agree on a rational, logical level, which is not the point. It's about emotions. Yeah, you've heard their emotions, and you can you you can hold that if you like. That's a therapeutic term, but you could use it yourself. Saying you know, I I validate your emotions, (laughs) or or that might get them even more annoyed that you suddenly sound like a therapist. I like the I like the idea of the tree, the deep rooted tree, because yeah. the tree uh, most of the time, unless something's gone really wrong, it doesn't snap, does it? Yeah, it's sure. sort of it's strong and it sort of moves, and but yeah. but it sticks to its own yeah. its own roots, I guess. Other clients have found the analogy of just standing in a box, which I don't know whether you can picture it. That imagine yourself just standing in your box, and they are standing in their box, and they've got all these emotions in in their box, and all your emotions in yours. And that's just where you've got to stand that you can't, they can't jump into your box, breach your boundaries. You can't jump into theirs and they can't take away any emotions from your box, but um, you're entitled to stand in your own boxes, but maybe you prefer the tree analogy. I like the tree. I just like the idea of the tree, not, I think not snapping and that's, uh, that's critical. We'll get rid of the box. So, um, some people are going to have to deal with this. People have a, again, it's families, I guess. Um, if a relative has been homophobic or offense, offensive towards your your worldview, mm. I like to think on this podcast we're creating a bit of a community of people that um, uh, were LGBTQ plus, were LGBTQ plus allies and were woke, but some people want to deliberately insult that. And when you're mm-hmm. dealing with someone who just wants to put you down or your way of life down, so just outright homophobia or racism mm. or transphobia, what would, I suppose this is useful, not just for family situations, but, but for everyday life. How would you go about dealing with that without just inflaming the situation? Mm. It's a hard one because it depends on your options, that um, whether or not you can escape. I guess the first stage would be to try and help them understand the impact of their words on you at an emotional level that I I hear what you're saying, but what you're saying is hurting me. Is that what you intend that you want to hurt me? And it may be that they do. And that then maybe the second stage is to explain calmly that the consequences that if, their behavior continues or if they these words keep vomiting out of their mouth 
then there's certain consequences and that can include detaching yourself from the situation. You'd say, if you keep doing this, I'm going to leave. Yeah, yeah. Or if you keep doing this, then I won't unfortunately have my children around you the next time because I don't want my kids to hear this stuff that's going on. Um, There's also the third scenario where you feel like you're being threatened or you're in crisis. Um, and then you definitely need to get yourself out of that situation. Um, if someone was in crisis this time of year, um, I've lost, um, not best friends, but, um, acquaintances on around Christmas. Mm. It's usually the bit between Christmas and you know, that, that week. If someone was in crisis and by crisis, I mean, and again, I knew someone just a few weeks ago who took their own life. There's a lot of that going on at the moment. Mm. Um, the way to deal with that I know it's ring the emergency sure. services all that sort of stuff but as a mental health professional what would you what would you do if you're in that situation or indeed if you yeah. were very close to someone in that situation what is the appropriate response well you, yeah you said about the emergency services and I don't think there's any getting away from that I, I, I think sometimes people try to take on too much and they think that they can help the person through and yeah. there is some super hero that's going to solve this problem, but um, it's irresponsible to try and take on things that are outside of your um, expertise. So there are professional services that are available to help people when they're in crisis. So definitely if you're worried that someone's of immediate harm to themselves or someone else calling the emergency services in 999 in your country, 911 in my country, um, taking them to the emergency room of the nearest hospital um, if they, if you're really concerned and you're able to do that. Um, in terms of other than that, there are what's called crisis skills and a type of therapy called dialectical behavioral therapy, DBT. And that's, that's the kind of skills which are literally like a Band-Aid. They're not for long-term work to solve a problem but they're literally just to snap you out of that sudden impulse to do something silly. And it's a little um, kind of booklet of exercises, which are really simple, like plunging your face in ice cold water. That shock change your thought from the immediate thought in front of you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's kind of shocking your system out of it. Intense exercise as well, as long as that's safe in terms of health, uh, heart, heart conditions, but Intense exercise can shock your body out. Um, There's also an exercise called progressive relaxation, where you're um, clenching and releasing each muscle group throughout your body from top to tail. And by the time you get down to your toes, you've kind of exhausted your body, you've clenched and released. And the idea is also you've relaxed your body a little bit more. So you're breathing in when you clench, breathing out when you release the muscles and you go through and progressive relaxation can really change your state. I always think when, when someone's in that frame of mind, and like I said, I've known a few people who've, who've sadly taken their own lives. It's always, I always think if only you could have moved on from that, those thoughts, having been sure. in that situation myself about 10 years ago, yeah. when you're faced with that, mm. then 
I often feel like, how does someone just, because you just literally, it makes perfect sense what you just said. You literally need someone to go, come on. But mm. some people just can't move themselves at the moment, can they? Mm. They just get lost in that thought. And it's really brain is, to hear that. Your brain is stuck. It's kind of, uh, you, you can't, your prefrontal cortex can't work in that state. Um, especially if you're in that sympathetic fight or flight or shutdown mode. Um, you're prefrontal cortex is just not working so you need that time you need that space for it to kick in again yeah. and make sensible choices it sounds like it almost sounds like jump starting a car yeah <laughs> get those leads <laughs> okay um so yeah your top three tips to stay on top of your mental health um this christmas for lgbtq plus people Absolutely. I think I've mentioned it a number of times, but assertiveness, assertive communication, being okay with sharing how you feel, but also hearing how the other person feels. Emotions are always valid. There's no right or wrong with emotions. That's number one. Number two is bringing down that baseline on a daily basis, even just for a few minutes doing some sort of mindfulness exercise or meditation to bring down that cortisol level so that when you do get triggered, you don't go off the charts instantly, that your baseline is down so you're able to handle those ups and downs of life a bit more. And then number three, challenge your thoughts and assumptions. So we all get stuck in these kind of thought patterns that are unhelpful to us, black and white thinking, or over-personalizing a situation. So really just stop and think, what other information am I missing? You know, am I really making assumptions about this and then making the situation worse? Chris, thank you so much for coming on. I'd love to get you back on again in the future at some point. Sure. If you're, you're interested in doing that. All right. And of course, there's your book as well, which I was just looking at on uh, on Google before it's available to buy online. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, everything I've talked about today is available in my new book, Beyond the Blue. And the reason I wrote that was the pandemic made mental health care almost inaccessible. So I thought all the stuff that I'm talking about today should be available in a little book so that people can help themselves when they get stuck or get stressed. So, yeah, it's available in Amazon and all online bookstores at the moment. That's good to hear. So, uh, Chris Warren Dickens uh, joining me from where? Where are you again? I'm just looking at you. You're in yeah, New Jersey, I'm, aren't you? Yeah, I'm in Ridgewood, New Jersey, which is just next to New York. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I was looking at um, podcast studios near to you, and then I oh. realised that if I was going to try and send you to a podcast studio, you had like a two-hour drive. I thought, no, oh, he'll, gosh, be right. no. he'll do it. I'm from glad we didn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, thanks very much. Hopefully, speak to you again soon. Yeah, very lovely, Chris Warren Dickens. Thank you very much. Play Outcast UK on TikTok and Instagram. Just search Play Outcast UK.